Thirsty, thirsty, trying to choose. I mean, I know I'm pretty cool. My nitty bag, my kitty boots. I got the juice, I got the juice. Channel, Chatham's on. All right, welcome to the box, episode three, season one. Recording this on some Saturday, quarantine day, whatever it is. We'll call it 69. Nice. Nice. Um, Tyler. Sup? Sup, dude. Uh, yeah, this is another quarantine day that we don't really know what the fuck's going on. Excited to record the pod. We got extremely banged up last night, so the boys have been on a heavy recovery train, uh, and I attribute that fully to our third mic of this evening's pod, soon to be third mic against his will on all pods post-quarantine. Uh, our third roommate, Brad. Brad, welcome to the pod. It's good to be on. Thanks for having me. First time, long time. <laughs> first time, there it is. That's it. That's what we wanted. The first time, long time. So, Brad, how do you feel to be on the extremely well-established and fan-crazed The Box? <laughs> it's exciting. Um, I've listened to most of your podcasts, and I'm seeing now the behind-the-scenes of it. It's pretty interesting. What What are your initial thoughts on the back back scenes of the pod? Is this as much of a fly by the wind clusterfuck as you expected i think you guys leave it just like you make it loose you know it's kind of structured but you you kind of have it loose so you can shoot by the hip when you want it's a good combination of both big shoot by the hip people that's for sure so brad thank you for being on excited to have your contributions to the pod i'm sure everyone's excited to listen to someone besides myself and ryan from time to time so let's jump right in uh first thing that we need to touch on is our girl Adele and the unreal glow up that she just had. Wow. I mean, she was, and now all the, I don't know what you call them, but all her defenders online are going to say, oh, she was obviously beautiful beforehand. Yes, yes, she was a beautiful lady. She has a fantastic voice. Obviously, all the Grammys go along with it, but clearly there was something she wanted to change about herself. So, in no means, disclaimer here, put this in big, bold, red lettering. We're not saying that she was not great and amazing mm-hmm. and a lovely woman before some very very wholesome. Um, but she obviously had a huge glow up, took her fitness seriously, and it shows. And there's no reason that we shouldn't talk about it because clearly she is proud of it. And that deserves to be acknowledged for all the hard work she put in because she wanted to change herself. So yeah. let's throw that out there. But with that being said... Holy shit, talk about a glow up by Adele. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I she, mean, like, she already had, she, obviously you said earlier, or just now, that she has a beautiful voice. Um, so, like, that's already a turn on. <laughs> um, and then, obviously, she's written songs already about heartbreak, so, like, that wasn't why, that wasn't her, probably wasn't her rationale behind this. She just decided that she wanted to better herself, and, yeah. Yeah, and they're stressing the importance of, you know, staying active during quarantine and trying to break your day up and, you know, could be one of the reasons, you know, she's had all this extra time. I don't know, but whatever it is, good for her. Yeah, like, hats off, snaps, claps, whatever you want to do. Props. Yeah, she's absolutely crushing it. So happy to see her healthy and happier with her new well-being. So shout out to Adele for the massive glow up. Next big news that is dominating the meme game of social media nowadays is Elon Musk. 
him and Grimes welcomed their first child together. This is Elon's sixth child. Um, Ryan, could you please give us the name? Yeah, so the name, do you want to know how it's spelled or how it's pronounced? Right, give me a spelling. The spelling is X, and it's like this A-E symbol, and then A-12. Fantastic. Please tell me how I should be pronouncing this name. Well, so I'm not actually sure. <laughs> Apparently he said how to There's, pronounce it on Joe Rogan. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't him, know what Joe, that is. Him, him and... He said on Joe Rogan's podcast, and then his wife kind of tweeted something to, or not wife, girlfriend, sorry, um, to support that, that the X stands for the unknown variable, so you just say it as X, and then the A thing is uh, pronounced Ash, and then the A12 is their the precessor to the their favorite airplane. Okay. Um, so it's A12, so... X Ash A12 is how it should be pronounced. Yeah, but apparently there's uh, like legislation in California that you can only have a name max be 26 letters, and like there's a limit. There's a restriction on what characters it can be. Okay. And the ones they use, they technically can't use the AE. So people have come up with like theories that the X uh, is a Greek letter for Chi. Okay. And the AE. Is also its second, what's the word? Second, like, identity is uh, artificial intelligence, so you just do AI. Okay. And A12 is the 12th letter of the alphabet, L. So K A I L. Kyle. Kyle. Kyle Musk. <laughs> Basically, they did all this shit to do Kyle. Okay. So I hope he's pounding monsters in two years. Yeah, sick. He's definitely gonna drive a Tahoe. <laughs> and skateboard out the back of it so that's just exciting. I mean he's a California kid so yeah can't wait till he's probably he... pretty scary Rich, yeah, he's probably really doing know. drugs already hitting the vape pen three weeks out of the womb alright well that's really dominating all headlines at this point so welcome Kyle XAEA-12 into the world yeah before we move on I just want to make a point that the uh, his girlfriend's twitter is unbelievable confusing yeah, I don't think that shocks anyone in this room, nor anyone listening to the podcast. I mean, I, it shocked me when I looked it up. The ad is Grime Z S Z, but her at or not her at the like profile name she makes is I don't even know what language it is. <laughs> that seems very. <laughs> it's some scribbly yeah. shit, and I just can't tell it. Good to know. Yeah, as I you said earlier, he has six kids, so I do not know he had six kids. Do you know, are they normal named his other kids? Yeah. No Is idea. it like Brian, Jeff, Joe, John, Mike, and then this name? Like, Probably, I don't know. Or is it like Apple and Axel and like yeah. Muffler and then, <laughs> and then this? SpaceX. Yeah, like that's the... I don't know. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't think that much into it, so I apologize for you guys. All right. Stats guy Ryan will do some research for us for the next pod. The other, I guess, relationship news that's more sports focused is uh, T's and P's drop some F's in the chat for Jay Cutler. Him and Kristen Cavallari have split up. They announced that they will no longer be together. I believe she filed for divorce at this point uh, during quarantine, which I'm sure is not exciting since obviously everyone is pretty much stranded with who they currently live with. 
Ryan, this has to hit home for you as he is your favorite quarterback of all time. Yeah, he is, he is and always will be Chicago's quarterback. Bears. Um, <laughs> six God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Um, the fact that he is an entire city's favorite quarterback of all time is pretty sad. <laughs> blows my mind. I mean, we haven't had a Pro Bowl quarterback in literally 30 years. And, like, I'm in 2018, Mitch got that, and I don't think that counts. Okay. Like, it just doesn't count. I mean, Mitch is a flop, and we all know that, so that's it, fine. Yeah. Sorry, Mitch, if you're listening to this. <laughs> I'm not, Mitch, I'm not sorry. You can come, please come on the pod to discuss, but I'll bury you in stats, and I'm not even the stat guy. Yeah, so basically the reason for this divorce is uh, Kristen thinks that Jay has become lazy and unmotivated, which, <laughs> I mean, if you've watched the TV show at all, like, yeah, he is. But sorry, he played, I don't know, 10 years in the NFL, made over $100 million, and is in his early, mid-30s living the dream with a bunch of money. Like... Sorry he's providing for your family, and he doesn't want to do anything anymore. Right, like, I feel like there's, you get this as a professional athlete, right? Like, you, there has to be a grace period where you can just do absolutely nothing. Like, if you don't want to go into radio, and you just retired with literally hundreds of millions of dollars, and you being his wife never have to work again, and, like, now you have a reality TV show, like, just dicking around, and, like, you can do whatever you want, like he has to get a grace period of the rest of his life to do nothing, right? Yeah, I'm like, sorry, he, yeah, he made his career in 10 years instead of 40 years like everyone else does. I feel like he was always kind of that lazy person. Even during his playing was, days, you see him on the sidelines and you're like, I was, was going to say that, I was, was going to say that, yeah, like, you see the, the Smoke and Jay, like, memes or whatever, <laughs> when, he got, when he got hurt in the playoffs, like, he just sat there, like, whatever, he did, never really showed much emotion, like, that's just who he is. You should have known that when you started dating him and got married. But, yeah, I don't know. You had 10 years to figure that out. And now, so going off that he did that, apparently her gripe is that he was supposed to join Fox Sports a couple years ago in the booth. Yep. Maybe be alongside Joe Buck. Probably not. But, um, and then he picked Miami instead because he wanted to play football. He got some like $10 million. Or he wanted to go to the strip clubs in Miami. Yeah. One of the two. Potato, potato. Same, <laughs> same thing down there. Shout out Dan Marino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the divorce actually, though, came, though, after they went to the Bahamas like a month ago. Which, like, this whole thing is just crazy to me. Please, before you get into this, Ryan has been down a deep, dark web <laughs> rabbit hole researching this divorce <laughs> prior to the pod tonight. And we, Brad and I have not done any sort of research on this. I mean, and it's we, also haven't, we also haven't looked at Ryan's notes, which would have been the amount of research we would have done. But we're re- just as excited as you guys are to understand what is about to unravel he's, in this dark web. He's got court documents, a cork board with strings attached to it, <laughs> trying to get to the bottom. Of Guy looks like he's straight out of the NCIS right now. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. It's just on a piece of paper instead of that. But... To be fair, he is my quarterback, not your quarterback. Rex Grossman. So, I mean, Rex Grossman. We would do the same thing for Carson. Yeah. Yep. So, a little backstory. About a month ago, they went to the Bahamas for vacation. Then all this quarantine, COVID, corona, whatever you want to call it, um, for shorthand, came down. And so they got, like, their vacation got ascended. So you'd think married family, they have three kids. Maybe they have four kids, I forget. But Three. <laughs> three kids. Okay, I was right. Nice. That's, that's going to be Always, always go with your gut. 
So yeah, three kids, like you'd think a nice extended family vacation by means of like you don't have a choice. Probably not a bad gig, especially in the Bahamas. Yeah, not too shabby. Not, not too shabby. You could hire people to take care. Then they came back. I forgot the dates of when she claimed she actually wanted to file if it was before or after. Um, but basically filed for divorce saying that there was inappropriate uh, marital conduct that made cohabitation unsafe and improper. Now, she hasn't came out and filed any kind of domestic abuse or said anything of that means. She said, like, we ended on good terms. So I'm really curious what this means. You said he's living in one of their houses still? Yeah, well, we're going to get to that. But, yeah, so based off that, her, I guess, demands of divorce is that she wants him either to leave the house or to give him mo- to give her money to buy her own house, which she thought... I guess I've been having conversations since early fall about this, and he didn't object then, so she just assumed that she'd be able to get it. And now that this came out, he, one, will not give her any money. Smart. And two, (laughs) refuses to move out of the house. (laughs) Also smart. So a little background. I'm pretty sure, like, I watched the first season and maybe a second season of of her show just because, like, I saw clips of Jay, like, just being... Being Jay. Okay. And so I'm like, yeah, I want to watch this just just for these max um, edition of maybe, uh, I don't know, five minutes of Jay. Being himself. Yeah, Jay being himself. I'm going to watch a full half hour, 40 minutes, whatever it is. Sure. Makes sense. Um, so I'm like, I'm pretty sure on the show at one point, he, they had, like, were talking and she made some kind of comment about like her house, his house, like. Like, they seem really on the same page about having, basically using their own money to buy things and, like, not, what's the word? Not combined funds? Is that what yeah, you Yeah, like, not combined funds, but also just, like, using your own career for your own stuff. Sure. And not, like, in a bad way, necessarily, where it's like, this is mine, this is mine, this is mine, but just, like, as a backup plan. Sure. Right. She runs a business, I'm sure there's debt, you know, with that, and trying to grow the business where he probably just wants to sit on his pile of retirement money. Yeah. Can't blame the guy. No. No. He's... So, we'll see what happens. I mean, kind of touched on all of it. He wants showing custody and to follow the prenup that they signed before they got married, obviously, and she wants full custody of the kids, some kind of life insurance thing and from him and uh, child support. So. so, they did sign a prenup. Yes. Which is also like what they taught. I'm pretty sure like that, that's what they were referring to on the show. I wonder if they're filming the show still. That's a good question. So I don't understand how... if they, So they signed a prenup, right? Yes. Now, I'm not legal guy of the pod, which shouldn't surprise anyone, but like that is a court-binding document, correct? Like That is the purpose of doing that, right? Like yeah, if I was someone trying to find that out. Like if someone has an immense trust or some sort of wealth mm-hmm. or a business, right? It's that way then you don't get divorced and all of a sudden you created a startup that became a huge private company and now your wife is entitled to half of it and a board seat and xyz right yeah so like the hundreds of millions of dollars that he has like i don't understand what she thinks she gets yeah like she knew he was a professional quarterback obviously before this right then to your point they didn't get married right away they dated for a while and they had this like strange beginning to their relationship like i don't understand how this prenup doesn't hold all the weight in the world 
because it was clearly laid out what and who he was before she signed that document, yeah. right? So now that you spell this out, I think that's why she's coming out with the inappropriate marital conduct, whatever. It's unsafe for my kids, unsafe for me, because she doesn't really have a leg to stand on. Well, unless, unless, there is, unless there is something where she's like, yeah, he, and I really hope this didn't happen, but like, sure, he abused he me, whatever. Right. Like, but to that point, like, like wouldn't, she, wouldn't she bring that out right away, right? Like, if I that's think, the thing, like, or isn't that being filed hand in hand with the divorce? Like, you know, you're both famous, right? Like, you know, this shit's going to be out to everyone. Like, if you're, if you signed a prenup, then that, in that case, Yes, then he is a terrible person, and he should be in jail for doing that. Yeah. But she also shouldn't sugarcoat that fact, right? Like, your names are going to be drugged through the public mud, whatever you want to call it anyway, because you are both famous. Like, you need to bring that out, right? So, like, that's why, what what is that? Like, that makes it very nebulous, and I don't understand how we should take that comment. Like, it's almost just like a feeder comment that she threw out there with, and I hate to say it, like, no real backup to it. Like, did they just have disagreements like everyone else? Right? Like, with... Yeah, that makes it seem like it's a normal couple. Correct. Like, I think only time will tell, and we'll know more as yeah. this goes on. I think, Brian, you need to hunt down that prenup document, <laughs> log into the court yeah. system. Yeah, yeah, we are in DC. We are in DC. Let me see if I can reach out yeah, to Yeah, dig that up. Yeah. Once you dig that up, then we'll, we'll, be, we'll be able to talk more uh, educated on this matter. I don't yeah. think I'll be able to talk more educated on the matter, <laughs> but... Yeah, Tyler's not going to look up anything. Yeah, but, but uh, that will be good that we'll have some clarity. Yeah, so moving on from Jay um, to the NFL... Schedules got released recently. Boys, you guys both Birds fans. Yep. Eagles, for the people who don't know what Birds are um, back home. Everyone knows what the Birds are. I don't think people in the Midwest know no. about the Birds. No. You don't think they watch the double doink? <laughs> All right, I didn't know we get into this that fast. <laughs> yeah, well, but, I mean, you left it on the plate for one of us. Yeah, so. I, 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 served, I did serve you a meatball. Um, how do how you guys like your schedule? I like it. It's... Not the greatest of schedules. We do not have the easiest schedule in the league. We don't have the toughest schedule in the league. I think our schedule is in the easier half of the league, which is nice. I think our out of, well, one, our division games. Our division is not the strongest of divisions right now, which is helpful to us. But our out of division games, some very tough, some very winnable. Brad, what are your initial thoughts looking at the Eagles schedule for this year? I think there are some tough teams on the schedule, like you said. One good thing I did here was we were not playing any teams coming off the bye week. And I think we had like three or four of those last year. A well-rested team coming. Two weeks to prepare, well-rested. Doesn't help you at all. No, so we don't have that. I like that. My prediction, obviously 16-0 and is what I always say. You know, blind optimism first. Sure. And then betting, like Nick said, um, we didn't play that segment yet. Teaser to science talk. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's his first time. Give him a break, guys. Yes, yeah. thank you. I'm gonna say Eagles looking like 11 and five for me. Okay. And Bears looking like eight and eight. One big game I'm looking forward to is the Eagles Steelers. My girlfriend Cindy's a Steelers fan, so if if we can go to that in Pittsburgh, that'd be pretty cool to do. Okay, 11 and five. I like that. Uh, I am slightly more optimistic. I'm gonna go 12 and four. I think that the Eagles have two very tough stretches in their schedule. I don't want to get too far into it because we will release a full NFL 
deep dive as we get closer to the season and we think that dates are more so shoring up on when the season will start with the weeks if there's any schedule movement. But I think 12-4, and four, I think that we have quite the two tough stretches. The ball, We play Baltimore this year, which I would love to say is one of my most exciting games, but truthfully, I think we're going to get smoked. I just think that our linebacking core in the defense we play normally does not play a huge role, and I think in that game they will. I think we will need someone to essentially spy Lamar at all times, and I just think given our current roster, we do not have anyone that can keep up with it. There's very few people in the league that can keep up with him, obviously, but I just think we don't have anyone to even slow him down. Like I think they can just pound the, pound the rock, get him outside, and I think he's going to have a field day against us. So I'm not really excited to watch that game at all, to be honest with you. I am excited to watch Seattle at home. That's a game that we always think playing Seattle. That's a game that will be close. It will be late. Russell Wilson will have the ball with a chance to win it. Always. Usually how it goes. And I would like to see the boys come up and make a big play. Or conversely, if we're down, I would like to see Carson be the one with the ball in his hands and take the team down the field to win the football game. So that game I'm excited for. And I'm excited for the game against New Orleans. They're always a team that's good. We've played them quite a few times in recent memory in important games. They are an explosive team, an exciting team to watch. So hopefully we can go out, make a statement against them, because you know they're going to be one of the teams that should be in the playoffs and should be vying for a spot in the NFC Championship and the Super Bowl. So those are my two games. Ryan, what do you think the Birds record is? Uh, I think you guys are pretty close. I think the worst they do is maybe 9-7 and was it nine and seven? Mm-hmm. is the math. Yeah. Checks out numbers guy. I think that's the worst. I think I agree. I think best is twelve and four. So Okay. Anywhere in the between there, I hope you guys don't break too much stuff this season in our apartment. Yeah, that would be good if we don't break anything. That would be huge. Or throw your hat into the toilet. I miss the toilet, so it's big for us. Uh all right. And what about the Bears for you, right? So you mentioned New Orleans. I have that as we play them too. I have that as a loss. It is at home though, so maybe that flips. I don't know. Back to the beginning of the Bears. They have three and a half well, they have four primetime games, so to speak, but I'm counting it as three and a half because one of them is a Thursday night game. So it's really like half a primetime. That's primetime. And the and, players hate it. Yeah, so yeah, so three and a half. We're going three and a half. Okay, fair. You're um, making the rules here. But I'm going, I'm going 11 and five. I, I think. love your blood. That's like us saying 16 and 0. That's the Bears 16 yeah, and 0. The Bears hey, 16 hey, hey, we went 8 and 8 last season. Yeah, it's like you're 16 you, and 0. You saw a full game of us play. Where we got 10 yards in a full half. And somehow we still won half our games. We, I know. We were there in person. It was so electric to see Mitch play football in real life. But, yeah, I mean, you're, you guys have Nick Foles now. So, I mean, we've seen the guy 27-2 and two season and lead us to a Super Bowl. Yeah. So, yeah. They have 10 high, tight ends and Nick Foles. That's unreal roster construction. Yeah. Some highlights I do want to point out, though, is we play Tampa at home um, week five. Thursday night football. That's our first night game. Oh, that's your that's your half game. That's yeah, that's your, our half game. That, Brady Thursday but night, but no fans in Chicago. I don't know. No so, fans. How? That's a that's a rude statement. Number one. Oh yeah, maybe there's fans. Maybe there's not fans. Chicago mayor said that he doesn't, or not the mayor, the governor of Illinois. Excuse me, got asked recently if he thinks there'll be uh, fans allowed at Bears game this year, and he said it unless there's other venues. Allowing thousands of people close together, he doesn't think that there's going to be fans this season. So you're going to lose the home field advantage 
Brady's gonna shred you guys. If so he hopefully, has a hopefully, stadium, yeah, hopefully, he's gonna dice you. Hopefully, winter comes early this year, <laughs> and we get better weather in like September. He's used to cold weather, though. Yeah, he played yeah, in New England. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, number one, the rest he, of the Bucks are. So number true. one, you should definitely. Well, there's this guy, Rob Gronkowski. He also played in New England. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm who's aware. Gonna co- who's gonna cover him? You gonna put Khalil Mack on him so he can't rush Brady? Or yeah, we're just gonna, gonna go for his knees. I mean, that's probably your best strategy, to be honest with you. All right. The next game I like is uh, Minnesota, Monday Night Football at home. I think that's a dub. Okay. Um, and then really the last game I really like is uh, Green Bay at home. Last well, game of the season. That could decide if you guys get the number one overall pick or not. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> also, I guess noted, too, is at, we play at Green Bay this Sunday after Thanksgiving. Sunday Night Football. So it's really like the last football game before people have to go back to real life. Hmm. And we've have we have a history of ruining their like homecoming, so to speak. Okay. With Brett Favre's like retirement, um, or not his retirement, his they did some kind Ring of, of honor thing. Sure. Yeah, we what? ruined that a couple years ago. Is that going to be something, or are you just throwing that in the? No, same I'm bucket? just saying since it's after Turkey Day that that it kind of is in the same realm. Okay. So. Grudge match. Yeah. Sure. So. We're going to sweep Green Bay. We're buying what you're selling. We're, we're sweeping your Green Bay this year. I love your optimism <laughs> right now. One in five, Bears here, here first. Okay, that's great. Uh, Brad, please bring us slightly closer to reality. Um, like I said earlier, I think eight and eight is what you guys did last year. Somehow you're uh, able to squeak by and win more games than I thought you guys deserved to win. So there is some sort of hidden talent in that roster. I don't know where. <laughs> you I'm can't like, find it on paper. I can't find it on paper, right. So I think eight and eight again is a, a safe spot to put you guys. All right. Well, I had a very long debate with myself, and I am going to be optimistic on the bear season this year. And Ryan just gave me a, a fist pump right now, and me being optimistic means that I think you guys are going six and ten. <laughs> I I looked at the schedule, and I very easily first calculated four and twelve. But then I wanted to give you the benefit of the doubt playing four and twelve playing the division teams. Yeah, you guys stink. Like I don't know <laughs> how you think you're going eleven five. You guys are hot trash. Like you guys are gonna get smoked every single week. No, no not week not. eleven. No, we're not. It's the bye week. Yeah, they're gonna lose the bye week. It's gonna sneak up on them. They're gonna no, lose the bye so, week. So yeah, after the bye week, we play Green Bay. So that's why I think we're gonna win oh, two right there. Yeah, I gave you one of the Green Bay wins. That was one of your six dubs. I still think we sweep them. Okay. I, I'm not offended because it's kind of early, but I'm just disappointed. <laughs> I mean, you can be disappointed until you guys come out of the gate. Uh, what did, what did I have you coming out of the gate at? One and two, two and two. If you guys come out two and two, you guys are screwed because then you guys are going to get smoked like three games in a row, four games in a row. Uh, yeah, you guys might have three wins heading into your bye week. So. And that's week All right. Well, anyways. <laughs> well, that was Bears talking. I loved it. That was electric content. Uh, other thing that we have on the NFL, obviously we said we're going to do a full preview with some guests. We'll break down some schedules in depth. We will go through division winners that we think. We will go through Super Bowl favorites. We'll talk betting lines, futures, kind of just a full scope NFL deep dive. Yeah, we'll we also, for those who don't aren't familiar with betting, we'll do a little... A little lesson of what... We'll teach Ryan how to gamble, and then we will talk about it. But we will do that closer to the season, because with COVID, obviously a lot of it is up in the area. 
there is schedule options, flexes, changes that are built in already. So we don't want to go too deep because if they do start changing the schedule, that could impact bye weeks, matchups, travel, all those sorts of things. So we will look at that. But the other piece of the NFL is that we read today that it is rumored that the Monday Night Football booth will not be coming back. No more Tessator and Bug on Monday night. Hey, Jesus. But they did announce that they will both be staying with ESPN. However, they did not announce who the new Monday Night Football booth will be. So, do we have any predictions as to the booth? Brad, any thoughts? I got a couple names. One I just thought of recording this was Jay Cutler. Maybe they'd go after him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you're thinking that too? <laughs> He's got free time now. Yeah, he, doesn't right. have, he doesn't have uh, the ball and chain. <laughs> That's true. He is free. And his name's back in the you know national spotlight and stuff. Maybe they go you know give him a shot. Okay. I would love to see his like, just, I mean, obviously he's my quarterback, but from from a different standpoint, like I feel like as a football fan, seeing him, just seem like he doesn't care at times, to be in the booth and just pointing out stuff with like super nonchalant, like yeah, I know I'm talking about this is why I didn't care because I know this this that like, or it'd be like a Tony Romo but minus the excitement. It'd, it'd also be, be hilarious to like watch it really like a really nice play happen and him be like, I'm going to be honest with you right now. I would have thrown it into this double coverage here. There was no chance I would have saw this guy coming, <laughs> coming over across the middle. Like that would be electric content. And he's just like, that's not where I would have went with the ball. And that's why this guy's playing in the league. And I'm not like, that would be Honestly, sick. That's fair. That's fair. And then another name I had was Greg Olson. I've heard him talk a couple times on some podcasts. He seems like a smart guy. Um, kind of funny, kind of like a dad sort of vibe. But uh, I know he's still trying to play, so I don't know. You got any names? Well, so Greg, I think Greg is definitely going to be in the booth when he hangs it up. And this might push him towards retirement. To your point, he is still trying to play. But I know for the last few years during his bye week, he's announced the game. As well as he's been on some of those pre-game, post-game analyst shows in the playoffs. Since Carolina has not been in the postseason. (laughs) So I think he definitely is one of those... People, as you can see, them grooming, right? To your point, he's been on shows. He's done the media rounds. And he's knowledgeable about the game. He's played. He's had a long career. He's been successful. Great person that the Bears drafted and then traded away. And <laughs> found great success outside of Chicago. You just have to bring that up. Sure did. So, I could see him. I think that's good. I think the electric social media name is going to be Pat McAfee. Right? Not he's now done... Thursday nights last year in college. He obviously has a very widely listened to he also podcast. Did XFL for a bit. He did do some XFL work. I mean, he's right, and he's played, right? He's been around, he's known it. He's yeah. a very comedic edge. All the players like him. He's not, right, which is great, right? But he's not the analyst, right? He is not the person breaking the game down. So he would have to be he's your color guy, yeah. right? But then as the color guy, does he have enough time to be himself, right? Does he have enough time to talk and give his stories? He almost works better in like a three-man booth scenario where he would be the bug on the sidelines and then you would have someone else being Tess and an analyst, right? Like he does a lot with AJ Hawk. Like if he becomes the analyst, then I think they fit well because they work well together. But then the question still is who's taking Tess's spot, right? Who is being that color guy? I don't really know if we have a great answer. I think it's either going to be someone who, again, maybe has done Thursdays before, 
So, or it might be someone out of the blue. But I think that they are kind of the initial social media countrywide reactions as to who they think they could see. Ryan, do you have anyone that we might have missed? Uh, not really off the top of my head. Again, I this came out today. Didn't really know, look, dig too much into it. So I think you guys took all the... Uh, we got a good top three, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head. I wonder uh, if there's odds. I'm sure maybe we can bet it. That would be pretty yeah. cool. We'll have to look into that and update the pod. But all right, well, with that being said, I think this is a good time, as Brad just alluded to during the NFL segment, to shoot it over to our favorite recurring guest, Nikki Knowledge, and hit up Science Talk round two. All right, Science Talk round two. Let's give it up again for Nikki Knowledge. Back. Nick, how we doing? Good. How are you guys? Living the dream out here. We have our third Mike co-co-host, Bradley, with us. So that's very exciting for the pod here. Uh, science talk number two coming up here. Number one, very informative. Number two, we are hoping to be a little more basic here. And uh, we're just going to switch up the topics every time. So with that being said, this science talk pretty topical because we do have the match number two coming up in a few weeks between Phil and Tom Brady versus Tiger and Peyton Manning. So with that being said, I think we're going to dive into a little science talk of golf and swinging a golf club, hitting a golf ball. So Nick, can you uh, please explain to us lesser minds what happens when I swing a golf club and hit a golf ball? Sure. And, uh, as we were talking about, Brad, too, he has a pretty good physics or engineering background, so please add in if I miss anything. Don't put that evil uh, on me. I don't know too much. I'm not going <laughs> to go too much into, like, torque or anything, but obviously having a good swing builds up the amount of uh, energy transfer you're going to put into that ball. The biggest part I can talk about for what's going on is just simply the transfer of energy from the club, and it seems simple the transfer of energy from the club to the golf ball, projecting it forward. Um, and Brad, maybe I have thoughts on that. I remember learning a lot about the differences between potential and kinetic energy. Uh, obviously, kinetic energy is energy that's in motion. Meanwhile, potential energy is, uh, lack for a better word, like stored energy, kind of. Like if you think of a, like a bowling ball up on top of a cliff, like right on the edge, there's so much energy stored up in that because if you just push it off the edge, uh, you have gravity and other forces working with it to speed it up and provide even more energy on the downfall. So the amount of, uh, not to get too much into the formulas, but essentially gravity times the height and the mass of whatever that object is will all go into the factor of, you know, how, how hard are the force of that ball coming down, if that makes sense. Meanwhile, a good example for kinetic energy, stepping away from golf for a second, is uh, when you think of like a roller coaster between going down and back up. And that's just a transfer of kinetic to potential energy and vice versa, where when the, uh, not, not that it's necessarily, uh, besides at the beginning, the roller coaster is not stopped uh, completely. So it's kind of in motion the entire time. But when it's at the top of a particular hill, that's when it's at its peak uh, potential energy. And then as soon as it's going down, it starts to transfer that slowly over time into kinetic energy, if that makes sense. So essentially going through your backswing, um, again, I'm not going to go too much into the torque or the force that you're putting behind the club, but as soon as you make contact with that ball, 
uh, all those atoms are smashing together for a second and building up a good amount of pressure. And that's this complete transfer of that kinetic energy from the club to the ball. And for Tyler specifically, he's either going 400 yards into the woods or he's going 400 yards pretty much to an approach shot on a par four or par five. So uh, me, not so much. But for Tyler, I can say I've seen firsthand that he gets a good amount of energy behind it. And as long as it's controlled, it's going to look good. Or we're going to spend some time <laughs> looking for it in the woods. Is that Normally more time in the woods than on the fairway. But <laughs> and screaming, screaming four. Yeah, a lot of fours are screamed normally. Yeah. So when we, when we break this down, as you approach a golf ball, do you have potential energy yet? Or no, when you're just addressing the ball? Um, I would think there, there could be potential energy there, but really it's you starting up the kinetic energy with your own power and then transferring that kinetic energy. Cause again, through your backswing and bring it forward, that's energy in motion. So I would think at least, again, I'm <laughs> disclaimer, I'm not a physicist, but to me, that's energy in motion. So that'd be classified as kinetic. Um, so if there is any potential energy, it'd be at the very beginning. Um, but for the most part, it's trans, just the transfer of energy. Uh, kinetic energy from the club for the energy you put in it through to the ball um, and as I think again I don't want to I don't want to be saying anything wrong but I don't know if it's Newton or whoever said the one of the laws of matter is that energy can't be created or destroyed it's just transferred between objects that's all you're doing when you take that big backswing and shooting the club right through the back side of the ball you're just transferring all the energy to a different object the way to add energy to the golf club to get more out of it before you swing it? I guess it just depends on the different type of golf club you have combined with how hard you swing it. And like I said, for me, I have a, I've, <laughs> I'm not as bad as Charles Barkley or whoever that is that has a really awkward shot, but power has seen mine. I have, I have a weird shot, so I am have more control on it, but I'm usually going like 200, maybe 150 straight, and then – but I can't, I can't pipe it like anyone that can go 300, 400 yards. So it depends on the person and what club. Yeah, if you can give me the best golf club in the world, I'm still probably only going to max out 250 on a good day when the course is pretty dry. <laughs> yeah, but, that's me too, honestly. But What about – so it's all energy moving from one thing to another. So, like, if you – I don't want this to well, – I mean, this is definitely going to sound stupid. If you, like, lift, work out more – does that in theory give you more energy in your body because you have more muscle mass, etc., and that's what you're transferring? Yes. Or is it more based on like the to your point, torque and like almost the whip that you create with your body, and that's what's speeding you up and giving you more distance? Yeah, I don't want to take the easy way out, but honestly, my opinion is of, of it is that it is kind of a combination, right? So, yeah, having a lot of that muscle and working on things like that in the gym definitely help because the, the more muscle you have, the harder you can swing that club, the more force you're going to put behind the ball. However, the caveat is I've seen plenty of people that are like twigs that can still smack the ball three, 400 yards, but maybe part of that comes with having good form and really knowing how to, as you said, like whip it and really pull, pull around that club. All about hand speed. That was a very scientific answer by you not <laughs> selecting either side, but instead going down the middle. You like that? <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. smart. Yeah, just a That's the beauty of science. <laughs> that, uh, unless something's a law, which there are very few things that are actually laws, that makes pretty much anything a theory. And people might not agree with you, but it's pretty hard to uh, 
prove someone wrong. So you can claim almost anything. And maybe if you have evidence, people will believe you. <laughs> but you, no matter if people believe you or not, you can't be discredited most of the time. <laughs> I like that. That's pretty smart for us. Yep. So moral of the story here is to not only do your bicep curls, but also do yoga so you can whip the club as well. And in that point, create the most potential to kinetic energy transfer possible. Sure. Yeah. I, I think the, any core workouts like that, even working on like the obliques probably help a lot and just mastering a good form. And that's another one of my problems. I don't really have good form. I don't really have a good grip on my club, but I'm too far into it now that I just tell myself I'm golfing for fun. So I don't care to learn those things. And I just, I just deal with the type of golfer that I am and it is what it is. Yeah. You get a couple BLLs into you and it doesn't matter what kind of golfer you are. Yeah. Yeah. I have a sweet spot. I don't know if it's like the line's like two and a half or three and a half beers and usually by like between hole seven and 11, I have a good chance of getting par or maybe a birdie. But as soon as I hit like hole 12 or 13, for some reason, it all goes downhill. <laughs> so do you pick out your courses specifically for that or do you just do anything? Um, well, I definitely like the ones that are kind of, yeah, I mean, now that I've trained myself to kind of hopefully not be mad about however I golf and I just laugh whenever I do something bad. I don't care so much. Like there's one course, uh, Middletown. I've played with Tyler a few times and Fuck that place. total yardage. It's really not that long, but it's really hilly and has some very challenging spots. So, I mean, I, and I like, I'm always up for a challenge, but uh, I, I usually don't plan around anything like that. And these days you pretty much have to pick whatever course has an open tee time since everyone's going crazy with uh, the quarantine and everything. So have you played this year? Nope. I have a tentative tea time next Thursday, actually. I don't know if okay. what you're doing or where you're going to be at. I don't think we picked our two other people. Or DJ might have picked one of his friends. Um, I might ask someone from work, or I was going to see if you happen to be in the area. But we just picked a random course I've never heard of because there happens to be a tea time open. So. <laughs> I understand that science doesn't have to work during the quarantine that's based on science, but us normal <laughs> folks do, in fact, have to work during the quarantine. Hey, I, I, I was at work today for a little bit, just freezing Man. down, freezing down vials of my uh, CAR T cells. This is the part where you need to put a little thumbnail up in the corner to reference your older podcast where we talked about that. <laughs> yeah, please listen to <laughs> season one, episode two to learn about CAR T cells. Yeah, yeah. So I was in there briefly to take care of them today. So I'm like, all right, so don't, don't tell work, but we're going to have an early tea time on Thursday. All right. I won't let anyone at work know. Or anyone in your PhD program. Thanks. Yeah, the last thing I guess I have to say, unless you have any other questions about golf, something I am excited for this year, uh, my roommate DJ ordered a set of wedges, one of them being a 72-degree wedge, which I don't even know if that's legal by any standards. I guess it is for us because we're not really playing in any leagues. <laughs> but I really want to try out that 72 wedge because that's about like 10 degrees higher than anything I've ever used before. And with my... Uh, short distance to begin with with clubs I think I could take a full swing on that thing and probably go like 100 feet in the air and only like 20 feet forward so all those <laughs> all those difficult shots where you're right in front of a sand bunker and you literally need to go up and down I can't wait 
So I might I might buy one myself, or I, I told DJ I'll try to lease it for like five dollars a round or something like that, just to try. That it sounds out. like those golf balls that are designed <laughs> to if you set it on the tee right, they can't veer off left or right. <laughs> yeah, or like that uh wiffle ball that people have that practice like throwing curves where it goes like three different directions. Oh yeah, yeah. That sounds like a club every amateur golfer needs because the amount of approach shots you miss and you're in that short up and down scenario. If you can swing that thing correctly and not just skull fuck the golf ball across the green, yeah. it seems like the most useful club in your bag. Especially yeah. if you're at like a company kind of thing. You want to look good in front of important people. Yeah. <laughs> Until they ask you what you're swinging and you look like a jerk off telling them you're swinging 72 degree way. Well, you don't actually tell them. You just <laughs> like, oh, it's this. And then yeah. they ask, you're like, oh. Just- they, that's when you just act, act snobby and tell them they just got to open the club face and they'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Smart. Yeah, throw a little golf lingo out. Yeah, have like an extra club in there just so you can pull it out and be like, oh, this is what I used. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm pretty excited. And yeah, to your point, you don't know who's watching when you're if you're sitting right behind the sand bunker coming back on 18 right in front of the clubhouse. You got to make sure that shot goes up and down. Yeah, you can't look like a jerk off. That's totally going to screw whatever score you tell them you shot if you skull fuck that over over the green. Yeah. Um, well, Nick's only good between hole seven and twelve. So it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> that definitely a sweet spot. All right. Well, that was a lovely science talk on golf. A little physics lesson for everyone there. Uh, before we let you go, though, we got two questions for you. So one with the NFL schedule being released. Obviously, we touched on it. Big Birds fan you are. What do you think their record's going to be? And do you have any games that you, in particular, have scheduled on the – circled on the schedule that you would say are the marquee matchups? Sure. Um, yeah, I think the Birds are looking good. Uh, kind of as we talked about last time, I, they every year, at least lately, they've, they've had a lot of potential, right? So if Rager comes through and uh, we have a good support system around Carson, I think we can – can really make a push for the division lead and uh, maybe even take a deep run into the playoffs. For total record, I mean, I'm always optimistic. So I like to think, looking at their schedule, there's a few tough ones like San Fran and Baltimore. Obviously, that's a bad break. They have to play both of them. Um, but if we can beat the other people that usually give, up, give us problems like the Seahawks and the Saints, then we have a good shot of going, I think. There's no reason why we couldn't go even as high as like 12 and 4. Um, and obviously the birds always lose some bad ones. Like I see on the schedule us playing wow. the Steelers, who we usually do well with, but I can see that being a stupid one. Similarly to last year, like when we lost to I think Detroit, um, maybe that was Kazangor or someone dropped a pass. But you know that's a bad break where you think we're going to lose those games. So there might be one or two in there that we're supposed to win, and we end up losing, and then one or two that are vice versa where we surprise everyone. We actually beat Baltimore or San Fran or something like that. So I'm thinking we can make a push for 12 and four. Um, but I think we could. My prediction is eleven and five for the birds to win the division. Okay. Close one over the Cowboys, who are ten and six. So obviously, a few tight ones, without a doubt, is going to be second to last week against uh, in Dallas against the Cowboys. That's going to be pretty tough. Um, as you know, I, I, in recent years, I probably go to at least one away game. So two years ago being in New Orleans against the Saints and last year being in uh, Niagara or Buffalo against the Bills, which was a much better experience um, since the Saints, that was a game that the Saints kicked us like 51 to 7. And they're all like dancing and playing their uh, Mardi Gras <laughs> songs the whole time. But um, So I'd be lying if I would say I wasn't excited for the mid-December 
matchup at home against the Saints because we really need – they've been talking – even the year that we won the Super Bowl, they talked so much shit. I think it was Kamara that was, like, tweeting or said something that if they got through Minnesota on that last-minute Hail Mary that they would have steamrolled us and won the Super Bowl. Um, which They obviously didn't watch us play Minnesota the next week. Yeah, I can tell you that. That tweet actually is what triggered my entire trip to New Orleans for the game which uh, didn't go too well. But, of course, any game against the Cowboys. But to make it more interesting, I would say the game against the Saints, I would say even another tough one that's going to be tricky um, that shouldn't be so tough but I think could be a little uh, surprising is the game away at the Cardinals. I think that's actually the game I'm going to this year. But um, at home, besides that, at home against the Seahawks and at home against the Saints, I think are going to be two of our, our two toughest home games, actually. Yeah, I think we always suck against Seattle, and that's just a pain in the ass. It's so frustrating because they don't never have a good team, but we always keep them in the game. And then Russell Wilson in the fourth quarter is not the manual of football when he needs to make a play. So I agree. 11 and 5, very optimistic out of your Nikki knowledge, and you're a scientist, so I see no reason to doubt you. <laughs> I ran the numbers. <laughs> well, he said 12 and 4 at first. Didn't he? 12, he and, four is, 12 and 4 is my optimistic number, but if I. I don't like to bet, but if I, was betting, if I was a betting man, I would say 11 and 5. Okay. So you're anything over 10 and a half wins you're taking? Yeah, I would go over on 10 and a half. Okay. Sounds well, like I just lost 20 bucks. Classic, classic science guy <laughs> there. Not giving us two answers when we ask for one. That's yeah. very smart by you to hedge yourself there. That was good. Always got to hedge your bets. All right. Well, I think we got one more question here, Brad. Yeah, Nick, we're going to do a fuck, Mary kill, and you're not aware of these names about to drop, so. Yeah, I'm kind of nervous. <laughs> Let us know your thoughts. We got number one, Taylor Swift, Tay-Tay. Number two, Adele, you know, with the new glow-up she's got going on. Yeah, post-weight loss Adele. Yeah. Okay. And then number three, Meghan Markle, the, the princess. Or queen, no, whatever. Formerly of the royal family, yeah, I guess, I is the good yeah. way to say it. Yeah, that's tough. Um, yeah, I'm definitely going to fuck Adele because I have seen the recent pictures and she, Big does, glow up. she does look incredible right now. I don't know what guy pissed her off. Other people who follow celebrities probably do. I, I don't know who the guy is, but he's playing songs about it. Yeah, he's probably she kicking himself now. You know, I'm a big country guy, so I, I'm only picking it because I have to, but I guess I would kill kill Taylor Swift. I feel like <laughs> she would probably annoy me after a while. I, I like all the country vibes, but she would probably piss me off after a while. Um, and then I would say Mary, Mary Markle, and then hope to not be killed by the the prince. <laughs> smart, smart scenario. Get, get banned from Britain. Yeah, that place sucks anyway. He's not going there. Yeah, that I flip. Between Meghan Markle, I say Mary. I meant Meghan Markle. Between Meghan Markle and uh, and Adele, I could go between fucking and marrying. Flip flip them either way, I'd be pretty happy. Why don't you just fucking marry them both? Not ruling it out. (laughs) All right, well, there it is. Nikki Knowledge, Science Talk, round two. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. All right, let's get into some segments. First segment, life update. I think it's safe to say we don't really have anything too exciting here being in COVID, but I know Ryan has one. So Ryan, let's kick it to you. What what do we got going on 
Yeah, so I know the last two weeks has been in a shoe debacle, if you will. Last episode, I bought some Jordan golf shoes, Jordan ADG, ADG white with the uh, reptile gray, black. The cement. Yeah, cement. That's where I was looking for. Yeah, I know. I'm here for you. <laughs> um, so I got an email yesterday from the website I bought from golfdiscount.com. You guys suck. Well, that's a free band ad, that's for sure. Yeah, so well, don't go there. It sounds but like a legit website. It is. It, it looks legit. But so, bought them on, what day was that? Sunday? Monday? One of those days. I got the email yesterday, Friday, basically saying, hey, we know you purchased this, but somehow or another, we don't have the size you picked available in our warehouse, so we're canceling your order, we'll refund you. Have a good day. What what kind of website does that? F in the chat. Yeah, <laughs> F in the chat, man. Why would you have it on your website avail as available if like how do you not have that updated? Does that make sense to any anybody? Nope. No, it's terrible. It's twenty twenty. How do you not have the technology to realize how much stuff that's been already like distributed and accounted for? Or unless they just buy it from Nike.com and send it to you directly and then I don't know. But anyway, so with that being said, we're now on Nike.com. Uh, we're under men, shoes, golf shoes. Let's hope they have my size. Are we buying the same golf shoes? Yes, same shoes. Exact same shoe we're just going to try and purchase from Nike? Yeah, because probably should have done that the first time. but That would have been it smart. Was, it think. was 10 bucks more, so I figured, oh, we'll try this way. But no, fuck you, golf discount. 10 bucks? <laughs> would you lose all your Trump bucks already? No, I just, I don't know. If you can save 10 bucks here and there, it adds up over time. Sure. Do they have sense. them in the medium? Yeah. Yeah. Size, ten, seven, ten, size seven big kids? Ten, ten and a half. We're good. Thank God. Add to cart. Check out. This is electric podcasting. Yeah, right yeah, now. yeah. This is good. All this right. Is so we're buying the same golf shoes? Yeah, we're buying the same golf shoes. All right. Hopefully these ship this time. I bought When I bought my Nike running shoes, they sent me an email today that due to delays, everything is going to be pushed back extensively extensively so expect to get them in july why didn't you tell me this earlier <laughs> like how did i know where you were to buy them from because you sent me the link of like you having some big sale buy your shoes here which is also trying to get get me back on the air max grind but we'll see what happens this week um i think you're gonna buy a pair yeah so as i'm typing this in we can move on to other golf talk um the match two got announced this week yeah it is Phil Mickelson, Tom Brady versus Tiger Woods, Peyton Manning. Should be exciting. I think we'll do a longer form piece on it in the coming weeks once we have some closer to the action gambling lines and understand all the rules. But from what I heard very briefly, the front nine is going to be your standard match play format. The back nine is going to be a modified alternate shot though, which I think is going to be exciting because that means that it is less of a Phil versus Tiger and more of a team effort due to the alternate shot. So I think that that is where we will get more jokes on the front nine than we will on the back. Because I think on the front nine, it is understood, right, that it is a match between Phil and Tiger. Essentially, Brady and Peyton, if one of them sneaks out a hole somehow, like that's very exciting for them. But... The, the match is going to be basically Phil and Tiger on the front. On the back, however, you're going to get four of the most competitive human beings on the planet that all have extremely important shots every single hole to decide who wins this match. You expect Phil and Tiger. Phil plays in so many high big money games. He beat Tiger in the last one, even though Tiger play, has been playing better of late. 
than Phil has on the PGA Tour. I think it's pretty fair to say it's going to be a close, maybe an all-square, maybe a one-hole gap between them making that turn. So the alternate shot is going to decide the match. That's going to be exciting for us to watch. But I think that commentary-wise, that might tone down the jokes and the trash talk because you're going to get Brady and you're going to get Peyton back in that hyper-competitive mood where they hate to fucking lose and they understand that we all hit a ball off the tee and then after you select whose ball you're using, it is normal alternate shot from there to finish out the hole. So that gives each of them an opportunity to try and rip a golf ball or maybe the teams play a different strategy. Maybe they're the one that just put it in the fairway and then in Brady's point, right, to just allow Phil to lift calves and hit bombs and just try and crush a golf ball that might miss the fairway and then they know they have Brady's because then Phil's taking the second shot. So that's going to be exciting to see. I am very excited to watch it, but we will do a little longer form recap on that with some betting lines as we get closer to the matches in a few weeks. And if nothing else, it gives us live sports to watch. Exactly. Which is, yeah. which is always nice. You kind of touched on it too. They're, just, they're competitive in this. Well, I think it's going to show up more in the second half of that round. And then they're, if you haven't seen the interview between him and uh, what's his name from TNT? I forgot that. Ernie, Ernie Johnson. Something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you haven't seen the interview, go watch that. It's pretty funny. Um, they kind of all roast each other. Phil's set up with all his trophies in the background and whatnot. Makes a joke at Tiger. Tiger goes to the background, gets his green jacket out. And it's like, oh, sorry, I'm cold. <laughs> While that was funny, I think it would have been funnier if he would have had his green jackets already like pre-ready on like a uh, portable like co- clothes rack, all four of them, and then been like, oh, which one should I put on? <laughs> like that would be funny. I thought it was good though. It was a good roast. I think Peyton sold the show roasting Brady at the end of it. Bella's house arrest mm-hmm. and how they had to do it in Florida due to the breaking and entering, etc. So I think that was funny. Peyton's dry, witty sense of humor came through, but I think that'll be exciting. Next segment we want to touch on here, Sopranos talk. So I know we mentioned a few pods ago that we will be diving into the Sopranos. I've seen it a few times through. Brad has seen it a few times through. He is in the process of rewatching. I am in the process of watching with Rye. This is Ryan's first time through, so we have now seen episodes one and two of The Sopranos. So episode one, pretty basic episode, really just lays the ground for the show, introduces you to the main characters, your standard pilot. You understand that their waste management's a front for their mob business. You understand that they have some civil conflicts with some other syndicates as well as some out even internal conflicts and then episode two kind of just branches off of that dives into tony's recent fainting incidents it really both of them you see him with the therapist which is just a recurring theme yeah that's where it starts and i think that's really it i think both of them are just setting the stage episodes nothing too crazy obviously there's i don't know i guess you could call it seven seasons because i think six has an a and a b side or whatever you want to call it but it's good it's a drama you really have to pay attention to it brad do you have any thoughts on episodes one and two i know you've probably seen them six or seven times at this point um well yeah it is a very heavy show you really have to focus when you watch it most of the time um 
what I liked, and I want to want to see what Ryan's thoughts are on it, is with the scenes with the therapist, how Tony's able to like explain what's going on inside of his head to the audience by yeah. talking to the therapist. That you know, it's a very unique angle, I think, to show. I mean, and you'll see, but I, I like the way they they go about it. I want to know your thoughts on. Yeah, it. I am interested, like how, because like you said, he she asks a question, and he starts like answering, um, and then we see what happens, and then like after after that, after that plays out, she kind of like un- seems like she understands what he said. So I'm just curious, like what he actually told her, if it's the same thing that we're seeing, or if. Mm-hmm. He kind of dumbed it down, because um, he can't tell her. The full yeah, she comes out up front, like right. just so you know, like yep. there is patient confidentiality, but if you basically admit to committing crimes or murdering putting, someone, yeah, putting someone in danger or murdering someone, I have to let authorities know. Mm-hmm. But she also kind of does that in a way where she like kind of like does the quotation marks, like she has to do it. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think she, I don't know, I think he tells her. Maybe verbatim what it is. Maybe not quite, but she can obviously connect the dots. She's a doctor. Right, and you'll obviously see how it evolves as the show goes on, but I just wanted to see your thoughts on that because it's a very cool and unique thing the show does. What other thoughts do you have on the show? Um, so first episode, what, what's the deal with these ducks? <laughs> what are these ducks doing? Is it going to be a common thing throughout the whole thing of like... Uh, symbolism of like flying away and being your own kind of thing like it's some high school novel that you have to read freshman year or is this just they just threw it in there because whatever i guess you're gonna say time will tell but time will tell i like the ducks i think it's funny seeing him in a robe in the pool with the ducks (laughs) he cares for the ducks does care you see that immediately five minutes yeah what what else you got right? What are your other initial thoughts here? Uh, a couple of just questions, I guess, the first episode. is who's the guy that's with his wife when, uh, like, he's at work or something. I think it's when the daughter gets... Oh, uh, it's the priest. The priest. Yeah. The priest. Why is he at their house? He's there all the time. So they did briefly mention it, um, and he is a recurring character. His name escapes me, but that is their priest, and he's always there. He was at the birthday party for their son, and he is, at this point, as you see, like the confidant of Camila, and yeah, I think... Are they, like, active together, or is he just, like, a legit priest? I mean, he is the legit priest of their church. Yes. Right? But is there some kind of thing we're going to find out in the future where Tony comes home? I guess, you, obviously, you're not going to tell me, but... Have you seen them fuck? No, I think it's a very one-way relationship in episode one and two where, you know, he's over in their house, he's eating their food, you know, because he's a priest, he probably lives modestly, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're more well-off, like, it's a female he can talk to since he's a priest, you know, maybe he doesn't get that interaction, gotcha. I think it's okay. more of him right now, His he's being kind of a, not a mooch, but a friend, but he gets benefits that the Sopranos can provide. Yeah. It's a friends with benefits without yeah. his benefits. dick getting sucked benefits. Yeah, correct. Yeah. That, was uh, a good, that was a good analysis by you, Brad. Thanks. Other question is, during that car chase, when he just... Runs goes, a guy over? Yeah. What what bet did that guy owe? He, he owed, said something about a gambling bet. Yeah, he owed debt. He, For what, though? 
Like, they didn't tell you. The sports gambling, or, like, did they fuck them over under contracts? They have, like, poker games and stuff you'll see throughout the show. So okay. it could be, like, a poker, you know, high stakes kind of thing. I don't know yeah, if they actually... Know. That guy seemed like a whip, but... No, so, as I said, right, I've watched it all the way through, but it was a long time ago, so some of these smaller storylines I might not remember. I don't think there's anything specific with that guy coming back up outside of what they touched on in episode two with the insurance stuff. Um, but I think that specific scene was more so to illustrate the point of them collecting debts that are owed because then you look at someone like Junior when he was with Tony's mom driving over talking about how they don't do the things that we used to do. Mm-hmm. Times are changing. And I think that was almost a flashback to they do still roll their sleeves up and do some of those things. But, again, I could be wrong. It could be a storyline I'm just not thinking of right now. But I initially, the point they want you to take from that is that they are the Italian mob and they will do those mob-type activities, just like when he has Christopher and the, I forget what they are, Croatian. The Kolar, the Kolar trash company with the, the Triborough Bridge contract. Yes, exactly, right. And Fred knows it like the back of the same. Yeah, and, and they're... And their younger members' life. Um, again, th- I think both those highlight that. Obviously, that's going to be, I think, pretty obvious, a long-standing feud. But it drives that point home that they are the Italian mob and they do those things, right? Yeah. Those things that he can't tell the therapist, but you are seeing them so you understand the full backstory. Yeah. Going off Christopher, kind of, from episode one to episode two. Episode one, we get introduced to him. He's, from my understanding, the cousin of Tony. He's probably, I don't know, maybe our age-ish. I think he's his wife. But make me wrong. Yeah. But he's trying to come up in the in their mob, um, make a name for himself. He wants to be made. He, want, he wants to be a made man. Yeah. So, first episode, we see him kill a dude. Offers him cocaine. And then as the guy goes to start, just shoots him in the back of the head. Electric scene. It's... Did that catch you off guard? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was kind of funny, though. He just kept calling him Polak, and the guy's like, no, I'm not Polak, I'm Czech. <laughs> but, um, it's like, I only, I, thought, I only thought there was Italian sausages and uh, Jimmy Dean. <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of made me laugh, but, um, yeah, so he kills him. Episode two, moving on. He's in that as well. He's got an idiot friend. Brendan? Or oh, Brendan. That dude's dumb as well. Oh, guys, so <laughs> stupid. So dumb. So, yeah, so he's dumb because he tried to... Or... I Is this, like, a common thing in their business where they just find out shipments are coming in and they just, like, hijack them? Yeah, if you've seen... Um, I want to say Goodfellas. That, like, that whole movie is based, okay. based upon, you know, stealing trucks and... You get the tip, oh, the truck driver's going to be here then, yep. and you go rob the truck. Okay. So, yeah, so he found out, a, he got a tip about Italian suits. They went and got it, and then he dropped his gun, and it shot the driver, so they killed someone. They weren't trying to kill him. They just wanted to get the suits and end up killing someone. So, guy's an idiot, but... Um, yeah, they have this ragtag crew that is just not who you should be dealing with at that point, right? And Brendan is the just absolute clusterfuck off the wall, loose cannon wild card, right? That Tony sees and he tries to instill in Christopher, don't be like this. Where is your leadership? 
you know, you should be setting a better example. You need to follow through with stricter orders and instructions. Uh, and obviously, Christopher, being the young kid, doesn't do that. And Brendan really makes him pay the price for it. Yeah. I mean, Christopher, he bought a, what was it, a 30, 35G Lexus that looks like... 60G Lexus. 60G, even worse. That looks like... I mean, I guess it's, it is weird to see like them say that and then... For us in 2020, seeing that car, I'm like, that's maybe... Early a, 2000s car. Yeah, like, yeah, early 2000s car would be that else. much. And it's like, <laughs> I know, I guess we've advanced, like, whatever technology, manufacturing, but I feel $60 would go a lot more for a car nowadays than it would back then. Yeah, yeah. well, technology is just so far advanced, right? Like, think about 60Gs for a Mercedes or a BMW or something now. Like, that shit's, like, a very nice car that you're buying... I mean, and that was, again, like a very high-end car back then, but it is funny to see what that money gets you nowadays. Yeah. Um, and then, what else did I have of that one? Was the boombox or stereo that Tony gave his mom one of the stolen things? Could have been. Okay. I, I didn't know if that so. was like a subplot. I don't really remember. I can't see him buying things. Oh, also did... Did his mom call his ter- caretaker the, uh... The word that you're not supposed to say ever? Yeah. I think that that was what they were inferring, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Definitely was. That's what I thought, too. And then... What else happened that second episode? His mom is really a, a powerful character, and you'll see as the show goes on. Yeah, I think it was interesting how she was all scared in the nursing home. Of, uh, oh, people come here to die, blah, blah, blah. And then next thing you know, he passes out and, like... His health is in, in jeopardy. Yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, the mom herself, like, she seems old and frail, but, you know, you, you can't forget she was the wife of a mob boss back in the day, right? Like, you'll see some of the power she held Yeah, and he keeps... He, she keeps referring to that. He kind of refers to that a little bit back with, like, Tony's dad, Livia's husband... Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I guess I'm just interested how much flashback we get. You'll how, you'll get a decent. How much amount. he takes after him, what he disposed from him, whatnot. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty cool. I, don't know, I guess is there anything I should be looking forward to? I mean, there's a lot to look forward to, right? Yeah, I'm really I'm biting my tongue because there's so much I want to talk about, but I don't want to ruin anything. So. All right. So. There's a lot of expansion that's going to go on, and the conversations will get much more in depth. Yeah. But well, again, right, this the first season. I think they did a very good job of trusting the process and setting the scene for everything that's going to unravel later mm-hmm. on. Right, like a lot of first seasons, you see where they could be iffy until they get renewed, and then you see that deep development. They really went into it and set the stage for a lot of these characters initially, which it, you should appreciate in the show going forward. Cool. Well, we'll see how many episodes we watch this week, how much time we have on our hands. So, yeah, we'll see what quarantine we might have, does. We have two, we might have eight. We'll see. We'll let you guys, keep you guys posted. Because uh, you're watching along from home, of course, with us. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's it. next? Next, we have Ryan's favorite segment. You're welcome. You're welcome. Ryan, would you like to speak to this week's You're Welcome? Yeah, so Tyler informed me earlier today that you can make a face mask out of a Nike tube sock, or mid-cast as we call them, back in high school. I don't know if you guys call them that, but that's what we call them. High sock. I, I just call them Nikes. 
No, we should call them mid-calves because they went to the middle of your calf. That's if you didn't have any drip and you didn't have some fluff in them. Okay. Well, I mean, yes, they didn't go. I'm not here to debate soccer lingo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I told him that there's no way he can do that. And he, of course, proved me wrong, uh, per usual. And so we'll, I don't know how we're going to do this on podcast. The basic process of this is you take your Nike sock, you hold it from the higher end that gets pulled up your calf up to your mouth the opening yes you hold the opening up to your mouth nose area then you measure down to where approximately your chin would be and you cut it off so now you have again the calf portion with detached from the rest of the sock you then find your two nike signs you take one of the nike signs and you cut vertically along the sock straight down so that way the sock now can lay flat you then fold the sock in half once the sock is folded in half you will then chop a small incision on both of the nike sign the cut nike sign and those will be your ear holes we will post the video as to how to do that, but that's pretty much it. Couldn't be easier. We proved that it does make a face mask and that's pretty much it. So with that being said, you're welcome. Next thing we want to go into is... Disclaimer real quick. It's not the N95 or whatever you want to call it masks, so... Yeah, it's a tube sock on your face mask. Yeah. So I was I was giving shit earlier about it because I'm like I'm not gonna put like what I put on my feet on my face, um, let alone buy socks just to make them into that. So maybe I'll run a wash like eight times tomorrow and then maybe trust it, but we'll see. Well, I put one on my face already just to prove you wrong. Yeah, but that's your sock, not my sock. Right, my feet much cleaner than yours. Good point. So, going in, heading into odds now. That's just a lot. <laughs> uh, first, we want to touch on Korean baseball. So, Ryan, this is your expertise. Please inform us. Yeah, so the KBO, as they call it, um, there are 10 teams here. We got the Doosan Bears, Hawa Eagles, Kia Tigers. Um, I'm not going to actually read off all of these, but there's, there is one team that kind of is cool, the KT Wiz. The KT Wiz? Yeah. I, I don't know. The There's, Wiz Kids or the, the Wiz Wizards. That's kind of cool. W I Z Wiz. That's yeah. it? They, we got nothing that's else? All you get. That's all you got. Are that's they good? I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, truth be told, I haven't watched a game yet. ESPN picked them up to walk, play on uh, like 1 p.m. or 1 a.m., excuse me, till like 4 a.m. start times. But I am familiar a little bit because of a guy on Twitter who used to be a JUCO junior college and minor league grinder. Never made some majors, but he's, I think he's pretty funny. He rips on uh, high schoolers that make their highlight reels with Drake songs. He's, there's a tweet, something along the lines like, if you use your Drake song in your highlight reel, like, fuck you, I hate you. <laughs> like, this is a 35-year-old dude that's just saying this. What's his name? His name is Eric Sims. 
or Eric Sim. He is Canadian and Korean. Okay. Um, you can follow him at esim69 on Twitter. Um, he nice. also made his own weights out of concrete, and he posts like jail workouts. He calls them jail <laughs> workouts every day, where like his his rack is two by fours, and like oh has God. concrete plates. Gotta respect the hustle. But uh, so, anyways, he's pretty entertaining to follow. But he gave us some uh, Korean swear words, if you will. I'm not sure if they're right, if they're wrong, whatever. But we're gonna go ahead. So if you want to call someone a bitch in Korean, you gotta say Siki, S E K I. Repeat after me, Siki. Siki. And then uh, this is the one that's actually kind of interesting because there's fuck and fuck you. And they don't like stem off each other. They're kind of like completely different words. Okay. So fuck is she bar. She bar. She bar. And then fuck you is juka. 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 So I don't know what's there. Psycho. I don't even know how to pronounce this because there's three D's in a row and then an O. <laughs> like I don't know how you do that. The 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 do. So the 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 do re, do re me. <laughs> Uh, Psycho, Tyler, that's right up your alley. Yeah, that sounds like that describes me. I feel like we could be saying literally anything right now. <laughs> it makes like, sense. I, yeah, whatever I'm saying doesn't matter, right? Like, Juco, I feel like we actually have a higher probability of that meaning, like, have a nice day in Korean <laughs> than meaning fuck you, right? Like, I cannot at all languages. This one actually, okay, this last one oh, actually does sound Korean. Um, dumbass is Bayushin. Like that's the only one that sounds Asian. I like that one. That's the only yeah. one that sounds Asian. Alright, we'll try that one on Xbox tonight and see how that one goes over <laughs> yeah, for us. But we'll again, see. I have no frame languages. My tiny brain does not comprehend languages. Yeah, so like they, they are outside of my spectrum of things that I can comprehend by a vast majority. Yeah. These games do play on the weekends though at like I said, one AM. So it's kind of like Pac-12 football almost. So maybe I'll watch it this weekend, next weekend until baseball's actually. Is back. there one on tonight? Can we just? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll start betting on it. We'll we'll get a better grasp on it and whatnot. And uh, yeah. So uh, dog pound, Tyler. Uh, Kaylee McAney. So let's go into the other odds that we have here, and that would be the UFC odds. So. There is a UFC fight tonight. It is UFC 249. Couple fights on the books. One of the main fights, one of the competitors tested positive for coronavirus yesterday, so that fight's been scratched. After so it's chat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's been interesting. It's going on right now. The two top fights that we have, one is Dominic Cruz, Henry Cejudo. Henry Cejudo is minus 210 as a favorite. Dominic Cruz, plus 170 underdog. Cruz, great striker. Typical UFC background. Cejudo, however, interesting fact, was a gold medalist for the USA in wrestling in the Olympics. And then, since then, transitioned into the UFC. I find UFC fight odds very interesting, right? There is this break-even point, and I think this is what people debate as to how much of a favorite is truly a favorite, right? Like, you're going to have odds, but it's a physical fight 
one punch obviously can turn the tide. But what is that? Is it minus 200 where a favorite is really not a favorite and it's essentially a toss up? Or is it minus 300? Like, what is that number, right? I tend to think it's closer to minus 300 to where you get a true favorite. Anything under that, I consider a toss up. So if I was going to bet this fight, I would not bet Cejudo because I think the value is too low, right? Like, for a toss up, I would bet the underdog for the win proposition of getting the better odds on that fight. So that's how I look at that. The other fight is going to be Tony Ferguson, Justin Gaethy. That's again Ferguson minus 240 plus 190 on your dog there. That I also put into that same realm of a toss up. Although Ferguson, I think, pushes the line of clear cut favorite in this fight. And I think that that's kind of where that debate stems. But that's what you got going on tonight in terms of the UFC. It is live sports, so that's exciting. Dana White was right. The UFC would be the first true pro sport to be back. And he didn't need to create a fight island for it. Did sure they really take a time off, though? Yeah, they canceled a couple events. They did. Okay, because I feel like there's always, maybe once a month, maybe at, like every six weeks, there's some kind of, like, it seems like they have a space out enough or there's a chance, or I don't know. I guess I'm just not informed as much as with USC because I'm usually just the guy that'll, oh, hey, we're having the fight over. Come drink and do this. Okay, sure. Right. People beating each other up. Sure, I'll go watch. But Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think it's going to be very interesting to see what they do with the no fans, right? I think that that's going to be strange watching people fight in an arena with no fans, no celebration. You're, the sounds must be interesting, being able to hear everything from inside the octagon with no backlit crowd noise. Yeah, it's got to feel like you're in the back in like the gym almost, like training. Yeah, I guess side note, like, not to bring this back to football, yeah. but like, could you imagine a football game like that? Like, that's got to be so weird. Very weird. The stuff that the mics are going to be able to pick up on field with no fans. Ooh, that's the one like silver lining or glass half full thing if we don't get fans for football. Like, do you know how it... I mean, that doesn't help you guys because if Mitch is your starter, like, he stinks and he's not going to be able to really dissect anything, but... I thought you said Nick Foles is going to be our starter. I mean, fingers crossed for your luck that he better be if you don't want to go 4-12, and 12, but, like, think about Peyton Manning if he still played. Like, that guy dissected everything with crowd noise and still made adjustments even on the road. Could you imagine if he was just in an empty stadium with no sort of distraction and could just come up to the line and rip a defense apart oh, real quick. It's crazy. You could hear the like the well, linebacker tell on the other side. I saw today, I forget what I was watching, but he told Ray Rice one time, like in a game, like He didn't tell Ray Rice. He told Ray Lewis. I know the story Ray, we're going Ray to. Lewis. Ray Ray Rice, bad dude. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. Ray Lewis, arguably also bad guy, but wasn't convicted allegedly. of anything. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. Uh but yes. The story that we're referring to is Ray Lewis on one time, Peyton Manning was ripping a defense apart pre-snap, made an audible in the middle of it, then said, Ray, you only got 10 guys on the field, made more audibles. <laughs> Next thing you know, Baltimore calls a timeout. Ray Lewis turns around, counts the guys on the field. They only had 10 players, not 11. And he said, shit, this dude was right. Like that's how <laughs> Peyton Manning dissected everything to such a minute detail that if he didn't have any sort of distraction, sure, he's an elite quarterback and probably can block them out anyway, but if there was no part of his mind that was 
working to block any distraction out. All of it was focused on dissecting the defense. Like, that's exciting to watch, right? You get other elite quarterbacks to that level, that's going to be exciting to watch. You get someone like Bill Belichick to that level where he can just talk to a quarterback up till 15 seconds left on the play clock with no fans. Like, that's something that you could see these guys calling plays in quicker to allow coaches on the sidelines to help break things down with no distraction. So I think that's going to be interesting for football, bringing it back to UFC. I think both of these hit marquee main event fights are both going to be toss-ups. Obviously, you know, the guys are slight favorites for a reason. They should be the guys winning the fight based on tape, previous fights. But it's going to be interesting. Live sports, never a bad thing. And we'll see how it goes. Anything else to add here? No, I mean, like I said, I'm not really a big UFC guy, so... I think you covered everything I could have think of, thunk of. Brad, thoughts on the first pod? It's been fun. I didn't know, you know, how I was gonna think on the fly and come up with answers, and you know, I have my notes here, but it's cool, and you know, it's just like we're talking in the living room about things we all know and and do anyway. Well said. Well said. Yeah, it's pretty much just bullshitting around such as normal. Yeah. Except it now just gets recorded and put on the interwebs. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's it. That's what happens when you start podcast quarantine. Yeah. All right, well, with that being said, I think that's going to be it. I got one more thing quick. It's my sister's birthday tomorrow. Shout out Dana. Shout out Dana. Tomorrow, like... Happy on birthday. On May 11th. Okay. May 11th. Dana. Very Dana, exciting. Happy birthday. Oh, I actually do have one last thing, too. I actually got a, a live-in uh, FMK for you guys from uh, a buddy named Tom. I don't know if you've met him. But it's the White House press secretary, Ivanka Trump, and Monica Lewinsky in her prime. You I, go first and filibuster so I can look up photos of everyone that I need to see right now to oh, figure this out. Boy. Well, you're the one who brought it up live, so I, I want to know guys. Tom's answer. That's well. So Tom's answer is he would f White House Secretary Mary Lewinsky and then kill Ivanka, which I think that's probably mine. Maybe switch Lewinsky and the Secretary, but I think that's mine too. That's fair. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. What are my options? Press Secretary. Ivanka, and who? The whiskey. Okay. Molly and that whiskey. Molly and that whiskey. Great. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Well, Ivanka has this um, Russian spy thing going on that she kind of looks like a Russian spy from a James Bond movie. So That's doing it for you? Kind of. <laughs> nice. Nice. Like Salt, Angelina Jolie? Yeah, right? Like, she has that thing going on uh, with the straight blonde hair that she will kill you <laughs> at any moment with a gun, right? Monica... I like would kill her then, then. Monica never did it for me. Um, so I guess we're going to whack her. And then based on sheer money and bargaining power, we're going to fuck the press secretary, marry Ivanka. All right. Because then I also could marry a Russian spy, which would, has to be an electric marriage. Yeah. And so become a Russian. He probably can get a small million dollar loan from her <laughs> relatives, and yeah. 
Then you become the next president. Easy. Yeah, you'd, you'd be yeah. set. You'd be set. All right. Well, that sounds like I answered. It sounds like there was a correct answer, and I got it. I guess so. So, all right. With that being said, minimum on Sopranos for next week. For as Brad said, all you watching at home, it's going to be three episodes, and maybe more, maybe not. We'll update via Instagram and Twitter if we watch any more at the period box period pod. Follow, subscribe, rate. Peace out. We'll catch you guys next week. Thanks, guys. Go birds. Acid addict,